The following is a message from Wellsprings Congregation. Hi, everybody. It is both very strange and also very comforting to be talking to you and connecting with you in this way. It was only four weeks ago when I kicked off this message series called Being a Friend, and it feels bizarre to think of only four weeks ago. I think we should start measuring our time in dog years because the space between then, a month ago, and now feels much more than simply a month. But it was four weeks ago when I started talking about being a friend and how our stories, the stories we tell, the stories we share, the stories that we repeat in our friendships really bond us to and with each other. And stories also do something else. They help us remember the kind of people that we want to be and how we want to live. Like Stephen Hayes, who's one of my uh, personal heroes, who's one of the founders of Acceptance and Commitment Therapy. He wrote a blog not too long ago that appeared on Psychology Today, and he encourages us to perform ordinary acts of heroism in the midst of this pandemic to make a difference. He says, for example, an ordinary hero washes their hands. An ordinary hero practices physical distancing. An ordinary hero also is just as mindful about connecting with other people. His point is that the small acts that we make have a large significance. And if we live inside of a story that's meaningful for us, we're much more likely to reinforce these valuable actions of ours as a practice. I think right now we are so in need of powerful stories and resilient stories. And maybe it's because I grew up uh, Jewish and we're getting to this time in the springtime. I'm thinking of the Passover story and particularly that awful moment in the story where they talk about the plagues in ancient Egypt, which I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. And in the Seder, as we recall those plagues, what we do is we pour off a drop or a little bit of a portion from our cup of rejoicing to remember with grief and compassion the suffering of other people. I think that's so important right now. And there's another story that keeps coming up for me from a very, very different source. It's the 1998 movie Armageddon, which you might remember is a movie about an asteroid that threatens to destroy all of humankind. It's a Michael Bay movie, and every Michael Bay movie has essentially one plot. A lot of stuff blows up, gives you a headache, uh, there's wisecracks by heroes, and the world is saved. The end. Uh, so in this movie, um, the daughter of one of the guys who is going to save humanity from the asteroid, she's played by Liv Tyler, and she's having her, what turns out to be her last ever conversation with her dad, who's played by Bruce Willis. And I can't show you this image because of copyright, but it's a fairly famous image that some of you might recall. And she's communicating with him thousands and thousands of miles away, a great distance between them. And she's communicating with him through a screen. And she reaches up and she places her hand on that screen. And all of a sudden, the thousands of miles between them are expressed in the intimacy and lack of distance known as love. I think of that image, this touch screen, if you will, as being so important to us right now as so many of our meaningful connections migrate online and touch screens take on a whole new meaning for us about touch, its power, its potency, touch in terms of the physical distance so that we are not spreading COVID-19 amongst each other, 
and also touch in terms of the ways that it is still so important for us to heal and be with each other. In just one small way here at Wellsprings that kind of marks the distance between then and now, uh, this image, and you notice how like muscle memory is still so powerful because I'm pointing behind me as if there's a screen there. There isn't, but they're going to show you uh, this image, the original image from what being a friend was, and you see the connection there, and that is so uh, not aligned with the message we want to send now, and so we created this new image uh, about honoring, yes, physical distance and also maintaining emotional connection. This time when we need to honor the space between us and honor the distance between us that is born of safety and love, but remembering so the distance does not become isolation, but rather makes space for the real life-giving connected intimacy that still exists between us and to remember to foster that intimacy because we need it now more than ever. One of the people I've also turned to recently, uh, she's a therapist and she studies what's called uh, attachment which is really the science and the understanding of how human beings bond with each other safely. Her name is Diane Heller-Poole, and she especially works with people who have experienced trauma in the context of relationships to help them heal and forge new and healthier relationships with other people. One of the most important words for Diane Heller-Poole is contingency, which to many of our ears kind of means, well, we... You know, contingency is like when we deal with the unexpected. Like the fact that I'm talking to you on a screen today is the result of contingency planning for something we did not foresee. That COVID-19 would overtake so many of our lives and really change how we need to correspond and interact with each other. So that's one understanding of contingency, dealing with the unexpected. But there's an older meaning of contingency. That contingent is actually related to the root word for touching. Diane Heller-Poole explains it this way, that a contingent experience of strong attachment, strong connection, is a relational experience where you feel understood by another person. You feel this person is attuned to you and resonates with who you are. We are all now resetting our emotional intimacy-ometers, and it feels like equal parts grief for what we've lost and in fact, what we still may lose and who we may lose. And another equally important part, resilience, of remembering to stay connected with each other. Not too long ago, actually just this past week, I posted on Facebook uh, a really powerful and kind of heartbreaking article about how because of the distancing, physical distancing measures we need to take in response to COVID-19, how many people with the disease are sick in hospital or even dying from the disease, but not with the people around them who ordinarily would really love to be with them. The people who won't get the opportunity to say that final goodbye with the people they love in the room or to have people encouraging them as they heal. And almost immediately after I posted that, there were a number of people who commented on the post that said, wouldn't it be amazing if all the tech companies right now stepped forward and made sure that everyone who was in quarantine and hospital for their safety and the safety of others made sure that at least they had some kind of tech that allowed them to stay at least visually connected with the people who are most important to them. Diane Heller-Poole would talk about this in terms of what she would say is a secure attachment practice. By secure attachment, we know that we are most fully and individually ourselves, not dependent upon others, 
but insecure attachment. We also know that our lives flourish and become who we are intended to be because of our safe, nurturing, loving relationships with each other. She says that there are a number of practices that we can engage with in if we want to uh, more fully have secure attachments with each other. She calls one being mindful of comings and goings. Now, on a daily basis, this can look like uh, when kids come home from school or when your spouse leaves for work in the morning or when you arrive at your desk and you see other people that you work with or any of the other forms of comings and goings, of arrivals and leave-takings that comprise our lives on a daily basis. She calls this a practice for secure attachment if we mark it with our attention, our love, and our kindness. Being mindful of our comings and goings, our leave-takings and our arrivals is so important right now, especially at any time of upset or trauma or what feels like broken connections, to be able to look for the things that stabilize us and connect us back to each other. These things are essential. I had a friend who lived in Washington, D.C. at another time of upheaval in the life of our country and of our world. It was in the weeks and months after 9-11, and so many people around D.C. were affected by that. And my friend, who wouldn't describe herself as particularly religious or spiritual in any way, she developed a ritual. She would read her Washington Post every day, and yes, in real dead tree fashion, um, she would read the obituaries of people she didn't know. She wouldn't do it in an overwhelming way. And when she started to feel like it was too much, she would put the paper down and she would walk away. But day after day after day, she would read these obituaries as a heart-opening practice, a form of witness that allowed her to sustain her own heartbreak and open her love towards the world. Just a little at a time, she kept coming back to reattach to a world that felt so out of control for so many. I think the same lesson we can take with us into this time and this place. Because in this time, and also in the time to come, how we make our grief and our losses and our experience of those losses sustainable, and even more, how do we make our connections sustainable, both for depth and to go the distance for whatever may lie ahead. So earlier in the service, uh, you heard Sandy talk about a digital campfire that Reverend Lee talked about last week as a way of connecting. I encourage you to sign up for that, but I'll share a little bit more about what the digital campfire project that we're doing as part of our ministry here is all about. And by the way, I also want to remind you, please come to our 11 a.m. Uh, Zoom virtual coffee hour. I will I look forward to seeing you there. So Reverend Lee spoke about these digital campfires, which are small group communities with a common center that gather across great distances. With all this uncertainty around us and ahead of us, we'd like to try here at Wellsprings creating a few virtual campfire circles within our congregation for anyone who wants a little company and support from afar to close that distance between us. Campfires will be small groups of between five to eight people who commit to check in with each other all through the time that our in-person gatherings are suspended. We'll do our best to match you up with others looking for similar forms of connection. Maybe you want your campfire to include existing friends at Wellsprings. Maybe you'd like to connect with people in a similar stage of life or situation. People living alone, other single parents, essential workers still going to their job each day, etc. Or perhaps this will be an opportunity for you to meet 
new people within Wellsprings. And we'll also have a variety of different campfires around preferred methods of communication, different ways of connecting with each other. So those are some methods, and I think they all reach towards this central meaning to answer that most human need, that elemental need, that says within us, that speaks the language of the heart, I just need to know you're there. I need to know you are here with me. And I need to let you know I am here with you. To hear your voice, to see your face, to remind us that in this time of social distancing, we are not alone. To be in touch and to remember to stay in touch with each other. Because the truth is, and this is both the truth of viruses and it's also the truth of loving kindness, we are born from and for each other. We are social creatures. And hopefully we can remember as we make it through this time, through navigating the physical distances between us, to not allow that physical distance to become emotional aloneness. To remember to stay in touch with each other in all the ways that count most right now. And the truth is these are ancient ways, old ways, for all of our technology and our ingenuity and all the different ways we now truly can connect with each other. And it is amazing that we now have this capacity. These truly are timeless ways that we remind us that we really do belong to each other. And so I want to end with one particular image today. And this one I can show you because 500-year-old images aren't copyrighted in the same way 1998 science fiction movies are. This image from the top, the very top of the Sistine Chapel, the creation of Adam, the masterwork from Michelangelo. Now, in our tradition, we don't consider this to be literally true. But actually, I think for us, that is wonderfully good news. We don't need it to be literally true, to be universally true. That this touch, this holy, life-giving contingency, we can see this as a guiding, holy aspiration, holy, sacred aspiration that we can bring with us as an intention into all of our interactions with each other, even if we are not physically together as we move through this time, to be especially mindful and committed about how and in what ways we are continuing to reach out and touch and be touched by each other, bearing love and life all the way out through whatever there is to come. This is a profoundly creative, life-giving, love-sustaining, community way of being and invite us all to engage in it. Amen and may you live in blessing. I would invite you now to join your heart with mine to move into the pose of prayer in whatever pose of prayer is most legitimate for you as an expression of how you commune with that with that with that which is sacred. I almost made it all the way through without a major mistake, but we're going to leave this in there because that's just real life right now. And so I'm going to ask you to join your heart with mine in prayer. I'm going to close my eyes.
holy expression, holy life, sacred being of this very breath, of breathing in and breathing out. Yes, we are ever more mindful about the custody and the stewardship of our breath with safety these days, perhaps more mindful than we have ever been. But in that custody and stewardship and care of our breath, may we also remind us ourselves of something else, that we can't stop breathing, that we can bring to each breath an expression of attention and love and gratitude. And may we remember that even with the necessary distances between us, we are all breathing this same air, this ruah, this spiritus, this spirit that animates every single one of our lives, every life that has been, the life right now, and the lives that are to come. May we allow ourselves to be in the breath and with the breath and truly connected with each other. Amen. If you enjoyed this message and would like to support the mission of Wellsprings, go to our website, wellspringsuu.org. That's wellsprings, the letters uu.org.